Hi, hi, it's Joy Foster, founder of Tech Pixies, the host of the Sparkle and Thrive podcast. And I am so excited that we are back with guests after a series of Fly Solo podcasts. And this guest is one of the Tech Pixie favorites. She's been on the podcast a few times. Welcome back, Lisa Mellis. Hi, great to be here. So one thing that you might not know about Lisa and I uh, is that we have the same wedding anniversary. And it turns out Teresa Klausner as well has the same wedding anniversary as us, which is the 5th of June. And the picture of you and Jenny on your wedding day, when we posted it uh, on our social media feed to celebrate Pride Month a couple of years ago, it was the one of the most popular posts that we'd ever put up. So you're wearing the wedding dress that you- I am. I do like an occasion. So I thought I'd get it out. And I was a bit worried that you might want to reschedule because I've, <laughs> I've put makeup on and everything. So <laughs> you look fabulous. And we're back to our filmed podcast. So, of course, you can listen to this on uh, Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, or you can watch it. And if you're watching, you can see this gorgeous dress that Lisa's got. So, Lisa, not a lot of people know about the, um, the dress and the story behind the dress, but you've got a great story behind your dress. Yeah, so... I think when we were, we've had a, a, a real difficulty looking for wedding dresses because, you know, I guess we never actually went to a bridal suite. We never went to go and see, you know, proper bride's dresses. Um, and we looked around the shops and it was it was a difficult thing to decide what to wear because we knew we definitely didn't want to have like two white, well, it's white sort of, but not not two sort of white dresses and a veil and, and kind of, or for one of us to be wearing like um to look like a sort of bride and groom we didn't we didn't want that so we were really struggling to think of what to do and then Jenny saw these um Mexican wedding dresses and I really you know I really liked it but I thought you know that took quite a while for it to get here um so I was a bit sort of concerned but anyway we sent off for these sent off for these wedding dresses they're all hand stitched they're absolutely beautiful they're um Ada Corona is the wedding dress maker so if you're looking for a wedding dress and you're interested look her up and she's really supportive she she's retweeted for us when when we showed the the original dresses um yeah but when mine arrived as beautiful as it was these sleeves were quite long and they had kind of bows on the sides so what I decided to do is to um take them up so I went and bought some antique lace and went and I, and I, I'm hoping my mum's not going to be watching this because my mum thinks I had it done by a professional to this day. Um, but there's that moment when you're taking scissors to your wedding dress going, oh, no. And so, oh, my yeah, gosh. So I, I totally took scissors to my wedding dress. And that was my bride's little story. <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't about me. But I totally had to do that. I had to use mustache um, scissors to, like, you know, carefully unpick something that someone had done because it just is so personal isn't it your wedding dress well we can as if you can do it you can do it so I mean I think I got away with it so I've just about got away with it but um yeah but I mean yeah it was I mean I'm really lucky I had the the wedding of my dreams really and I've even got I've got my ring here I just realized that your name is on my wedding ring not Joy Foster but your name is on my wedding ring wedding ring because it's um we've got two that this was my dad's wedding ring that was melted down because my dad's passed away um and we had his wedding ring from from him and my mum melted down and made into two. Oh, I so love that two halves together and um although I haven't really been able to wear mine for a while because I broke my arm and um the swelling made it difficult so I haven't been able to to wear it um but it says 
romance, disillusionment, joy. So around the edge. Oh, I love that. But so the two, when they fit together, they say that around the edge. And we had them made by a a ring designer. Oh, this is the story behind the ring, actually. I've never told you this. So um, Jenny is obsessed with Xena Warrior Princess. I don't know if you know anyone's aware of Xena Xena Warrior Princess. So um uh before we got married, went to see Xena Warrior Princess um in Paris um in person. And so we so I asked her, I said, have you got any wedding advice? The actress, Lucy Lawless. Yeah. So I asked her if you got any wedding advice wedding advice. And she she wrote down some wedding advice for us to take away with us. And she said the, the secret to a happy marriage is to think of it as like a circle, like a cycle of romance, disillusionment, joy. So you, you're in love and then things get a bit sort of, things get a bit tiring, you start arguing, you start falling out. And then you go to disillusionment and you fall out and then it goes to joy and then you're back to romance again. So she said that was the cycle of how to have a happy marriage. So that's the story behind my ring. That's so interesting because um, there's a whole book on joy that that uh, Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama wrote, which I absolutely love. But also one of the things that I learned early on, you know, you, when you get named a name like joy, because I kind of have to go like, what does that mean? Yeah. But, um, you know, content in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it means. And it's something that I, I, you know, I try to embody. Um, you don't, no one likes a grumpy joy. Occasionally grumpy joy comes out, but <laughs> I, I think there's so much truth in that, that, you know, that, that actually joy is the thing that connects you to romance but also is the thing that comes after disillusionment it's that content in all circumstances and I think that's yeah so we had lots of really sort of happy accidents really kind of nice things that happened for our wedding um but I think what's what is nice is because it's not traditional that we could do we didn't have to have a traditional wedding so we planted a tree and you know we did all these kind of things that you know is maybe not something that you'd normally do at a wedding what I was really really keen on when 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 on getting married is I really wanted everyone to be on board so everyone who I spoke to I said oh by the way it's a um same-sex wedding you know kind of are you okay with that for the only reason um that I didn't want any drama on the day and and honestly if somebody was to say no I'm not I'm not interested in in doing in doing that. I'd rather go find I'll find someone else. Didn't want any drama. I'm definitely not the sort of person that if somebody said they weren't going to make me a wedding cake, but I wouldn't take them to the high court. I would just walk away, you know. So um, uh, I was really I was really keen on that. So anyway, we wanted a steel drum band because I love you know I love all things tropical, and uh, the venue was quite tropical. It had lots of like palm trees and that kind of thing. It was in the UK, um, and. So I wanted a steel drum band and I phoned around a couple of steel drum bands and this one bad steel drum band was quite reasonable. And, um, and I did the normal thing. I've said, you know, it's the same sex wedding, just so you're aware. And the guy got really upset with me. He said, um, are you accusing me of being homophobic? And he said, well, I'm not, I'm not interested in working with you if, you know, you think I'm homophobic. And, you know, he was getting really, really upset about it. Um, and the more he got upset, I thought, I think perhaps he is homophobic. <laughs> so um, I, I had to go with somebody. I had to go with somebody who's like twice the price, but they were they were really really good. But you know, it's like dramas like that that you just you you really you can't be doing them. Really. No, that's so interesting. Well, and you know, as you and I both know, same sex marriage hasn't always been accepted. 
So, you know, as we're in Pride Month this month, uh, I thought it would be a really good idea to have a chat about what it's like in 2022 for someone in a same-sex marriage, particularly in the workspace. In Psychology Today, they were saying one of the top challenges for someone in same-sex marriage is how do they talk about it in the work environment? Um, you know, have we come a long way? Do we have a long way to go? What are you, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's interesting. When I was sat and I thought about it, I remember when Black Lives Matter came into prevalence in 2020. And I remember thinking to myself, um, I was, I remember thinking quite naively thinking, well, that's an American problem or, or, and I was thinking, well, we don't really have kind of issues of racism here. And it wasn't until a lot of my friends of colour started speaking out and saying, actually, this is what happened to me and that's what's happened to me. And, and this is how my experiences have affected me that I realised how important Black Lives Matter was. So I'm not comparing the two and they're not the same, but what I'm saying is, you know, some of my, one of my friends was telling me, I have a, a really close friend of mine, was telling me how she was sat in her car and somebody spat at her and um, had seen, you know, and told her to go back to her own country. And this sort of thing, I wasn't really aware of. So when people say we've, I've, I, I know that some people say, oh, we've come on, come on such a long way, haven't we, with with gay rights and 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 and, and LGBT rights, I should say, LGBT plus, um, and and we have in many ways. But yeah, there is there is plenty of work to be done. I mean, there's still places in the world where the you know the death penalty is still you know enacted for. Not even, not even marriage. It's just for people just living their lives, you know. Um, I mean, I certainly wouldn't go to somewhere like Dubai on holiday. You know, um, there's, there's a lot of dangerous places in the world. But I do think we have come a long way because, you know, growing up lesbian, it's it wasn't fun. You know, I mean, there was no role models to look to, particularly particularly in the '90s. I'd say there was no. There was nobody that you could look to and say, oh, you know, maybe I'll be like them one day or maybe I'll have a life like them one day. There was just there was there was just nobody. And um, because of Margaret Thatcher with um, introduced Section 28, uh, Section 28 existed to 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 make um, it illegal to talk about gay people in schools, get um, LGBT. You couldn't talk about anything because I think her philosophy was if you don't talk about it, it won't happen and there won't be you know LGBT people. Um, that she thought talking about it, I think, bred, you know, the problem, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, you didn't hear about it in schools. You didn't get any education, didn't get any sex education, didn't get, didn't, didn't get anything, really. Um, so we have come a long way since those days. Um, I think when I was younger, looking to the future, I would just see my future as blank. I wouldn't see, you know, I couldn't think of myself as... No, so I thought as a young person, I think, well, I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have children. Like, where am I going to live? Who am I going to live with? What's what? I couldn't see anything into the future. There wasn't sort of any nugget of something to hold on to of what life might be like in the future. Um, whereas I think children these days necessarily don't have that. They have there are role models and there are people to look to, which is great. So that is good progress. Um, I think. One thing to think about is, I think it's really important to think about the way you speak to your children about it. Because when I was younger, I remember hearing friends and family saying things like, you know, gay people should be hung and all this kind of mm. thing. 
and not realizing that actually if you're saying these things you could be insulting your own child you know or you could be deeply hurting your own child without really realizing it so i think we have we have we have undoubtedly come a long way and I think we will come a long way. The comparison that I'm making between Black Lives Matter is not, not to be, you know, I don't wish to cause any offence because I know that's a totally different situation. Um, but I read the book of how, um, how to talk to white people about racism. Is that the, that's the title, is it? And she said to be, that white people have got to be anti-racist. So, I think the same thing exists with um, LGBT issues. You've got to be anti-homophobic because we can't do it. We, we can't do it for other people. So, you know, if, if somebody, if you're hearing something, for example, in the workplace where somebody's saying something inappropriate, um, it's not gonna have the same gravitas if I correct somebody than if a straight person corrects them. Do you know what I mean? So that's, that's well, where I think I the mean, comparison in, 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 in female advancement in technology, it's the same way if you have male advocates, yeah. it's gonna go a lot further than if it's just women beating on a drum saying we need more equality. Um, do do you mean why I'm no longer talking to white people about race? Is that the book you're talking about? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's the one, I that's the one. Lodge. And she talks about how to be anti-racist, you know, and like I say, I, I don't want to cause any offence because I know it's a totally different situation. But when you're talking about, you know, minorities, um, the best people that can stand up for minorities are the people that aren't in that minority. That's my that's my opinion, because it's very difficult for people on the other side of it, you know, because and you can then shout I think and shout. That's such an important point that you make. But then how does that person articulate it so that they can help? It's the little comments that probably would be left. And I think that's how she describes it in, in the book. Um, the, the sort of, you know, the joke that was a bit much that that was kind of left. And, um, you know, I think. Well, I remember growing up the thing that teenage boys used to say all the time. Don't be gay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah, it's been a thing. A lot it's, not, it's not leaving those comments. I mean, I remember one time at a football or a basketball game, the guys saying to a girl go back to the jungle you know and it's just like that's where you get the opportunity yeah as a person who is uh white or who's not gay to say hang on guys that's not appropriate and yeah you know because in theory they respect you and they you know they're going to listen to you but you know I do think I remember being very uncomfortable in both situations when someone would say oh don't be gay or you know oh go back to the jungle you just sort of look at these people that you know and you think, yeah. where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not in the business of trying to change people's beliefs. So, for example, if somebody is, um, you know, if they don't, if they don't agree with gay marriage, I'm not trying to make them agree with it. I just think we can coexist. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think if somebody doesn't agree, I mean, that's that's, and again, like like everything that I'm saying today. These are just my opinions. I don't speak for every LGBT plus person. It's just from, from my perspective, you know, I think if somebody holds a belief, like they wouldn't, you know, their religion or whatever states that they don't believe in gay marriage, I, I, would, I would say, you know, each, each their own, you know, I, I, that's, that's fine. As long as it doesn't impact me and my rights and, you know, that's fine. I'm not trying to change anyone's mind. I'm not trying to, you know, bludgeon everyone with you know with what what my beliefs are 
and trying to change them to my mindset. Well, I did grow up in a Christian background and I still am a Christian, um, but it's definitely an area of my faith, um, my Christian faith that I've changed over the years. Um, because obviously when you, when you grow up in an environment that has a fundamentalist angle there, you're going to have one way of viewing it. And I, you know, I was actually through, um, friends, uh, one friend in particular, whose girlfriend, uh, his mom had gotten, her mom had gotten divorced and then had, uh, re, you know, repartnered with a woman. And, um, we were, we, this friend of mine and I, we, we had the opportunity to drive across the country together. So we had a lot of time to talk and to chat and to, you know, really debate these issues in a safe environment where, you know, it's just the two of us in a car and we're driving across the country. We have a really great relationship with each other. We're like best friends. And actually it was, it was very, it was a wonderful transformational um, experience for me because I was able to, in a safe environment, say the things that I've been told and for him to, in a safe environment, say, I think you should think about this differently. And, you know, we, it really, I would say that trip, you know, the person that, that left Chicago and landed in Arizona was a totally different person in terms of the way that I felt about, um, you know, at the time gay rights and, you know, like you said, LGBTQ plus rights now, but it's, it was, it was through the conversation of someone with someone else who was sharing a personal story about, you know, it was his ex-girlfriend's mom, but it was just this sort of like, why, you know, his point to me was, why doesn't she have the right to love? You know, why doesn't she have the right to be with someone that she loves and have a happy, fulfilling life? And, Mm -hmm. you know, why, why should it matter, you know, whether, um, whether they're the same sex or not? And, you know, we had a conversation about kids, you know, and raising kids and, we now have friends in our class. So I'm class of 1998 from high school. So he was in my high school class, you know, and, and they're in a same-sex marriage, two dads, they've got kids. They brag about them all the time on social media, talk about mm. the challenges, et cetera, of being two dads. But it's like, he, he opened up a world to me that was really uh, important because it gave me the impetus to say, well, no, what do I really believe? Like, do I believe love is love? And yeah, actually I do believe love is love. And, you know, and that's, and that's my opinion, right? And that's, but it was formed and shaped by hearing the stories of real people and connecting with real people. And I mean, you know, it's, it's very, this, you don't know how someone's going to react to it. And that's the, the, I guess that's the question here is, you know, when someone's, let's say someone hasn't yet come out of the closet, as they say, you know, and they are in a work environment and they've got the boss saying to them, you know, when are you going to get married? And, you know, but uh-huh. the assumption yeah. that like, you know, where, when's that boyfriend going to pop around or when's that girlfriend going to pop around? And, you know, I have a very, very dear friend of mine who's Greek and, you know, that, that way you could never tell his family what, you know, what was going on in his <laughs> life. So like, what do you, how do you, how do you talk about it in the workplace? How do you, how do you navigate that? You know, and I love your approach too. I'm not going to try and change your mind, but you know, but I mean, you work for tech pixies and I, I, rem- I don't know if you remember how you sort of subtly dropped the, like the conversation in, but vaguely, yeah, vaguely. I think I, well, this is, that was one of, that's always one of Jenny's tips 
So when um, my wife, Jenny, when she starts a job or she's, she meets people, she'll just drop it into conversation. Like, oh, my wife and I had sushi or something. You know, she just like drop it in and that's done, you know, um, which is which is fine. But which is actually easier if you if you have got a wife, if you've just you, otherwise, how do you how do you put that into a conversation? It seems much harder and you, you haven't really got any. Oh, I don't mean it like that. But if you haven't got something, a story to tell, like yes. sometimes you just want to stay quiet. And I've been that person. You know, if you're not in a relationship, you're not going to kind of go up to people and tell them this stuff. So it's, it is tricky. Um, I think. Um, but you had some reservations because you knew about my Christian faith. I, I did. I, I did. I always will if somebody's religious because you never know. Now, I think my my relationship with religion has changed a lot over the last few years. And actually, I think I would just, it has, my relationship has, has, has evolved with, with religion. And I've met so many people in my life who are religious and have been incredibly accepting, incredibly helpful and, and couldn't have a, well, a more Christian attitude, I suppose you could say, you know, uh, actually not just Christian any any religion not just talking about Christians but I'm talking about religious people who have been incredibly accepting so yeah it's repaired my my but I think the damage is done for LGBT people in in childhood I think it's the constant kind of indoctrinating with with the kind of like you know the sin and you're going to hell and, and yeah, the, you know it, it just turns people straight away from it because I know myself I know in in my heart I can't change who I am I can't you know however I have been born however it's happened I am this way and it's not it's not going anywhere it's not changing anytime soon so and you know that from an early age I think as well so when you kept getting you kept getting putting this don't don't choose this way of life don't do that don't do this and, and you don't have an option but to choose that way of life you're definitely going to turn away from religion because you know it's it's almost like religion's a lie that's you're almost being taught like religion's a lie so yeah it's a tricky one so in the workplace I mean I've I've had, yeah, I've had a real varied experience in the workplace. I mean, obviously, TechPix has been hugely supportive. I've never, you know, never had any um, sort of issues uh, from day one, you know, and, and everyone. Well, and, and actually, from day one in the interview, I think that's how you did it. You just dropped it in, you know, like my wife, Jenny, and I, you know, live in Bristol or wherever it was. And I mean, I'm surprised if I did it in the interview, but I, okay. Yeah, I th you did. I think you did. Oh, did? Yeah, because yeah, I remembered kind of clocking oh jenny wife jenny okay you know and just kind of clocking that mm. um because we had also hired actually both you and juliet were hired on the same day and juliet oh, really? Ju and i didn't know juliet was married to elaine so there you go i you know you know the cool thing is it doesn't matter who someone's married to you're hiring the person right but i do think that that one way to I, you know to be honest do you want to work in an environment where it's not welcome and yeah. actually in an interview, if, if, if it is appropriate to kind of drop it in the way that it should, you know, that it's natural, that also can help test the water as to whether or not this is a place that you want to work in. Cause that is the trick. It's like, you know, and I mean, there's some careers that are, are tougher than others, but I, I think one difficulty though, Joy, 
if I can cut in, is, is you could be in a really good place of work that you really like working in, but obviously people come and go. Yeah. So, I mean, Jenny's last job, she really liked working there. She was, you know, she's met loads of friends there, but she had a manager. She's left there now anyway, but um, she had a manager who one day said, um, just in the, in, the, in the break room, just said, I don't believe in um, gay people having children because I think it's terrible. I don't think they should be allowed. He just said that in the middle of the, in, in the break room, just when they're on their, on their lunch and nobody said anything. Oh, God. <laughs> so then she, but it was her manager. It was her actual manager. So then she had to go to him and, and have a conversation about how it was inappropriate that he would say that in front of a group of people, knowing that she was LGBT as well. And kind of, you know, so, I mean, it's it is difficult, but I mean, I suppose a lot of my working experience has been in schools. So now the interesting thing about schools are schools are hugely heteronormative environment. So what that means is you're unlikely to, to see someone who is LGBT or you're not, you're probably going to get the impression that everybody's straight, but in any large community there's going to be you know plenty of people that are lgbt but that just just be hidden and one of my really best friends um who's asian she said to me she goes there's no asian people aren't gay because you don't get any asian gay people and i said you do and i said that's actually quite worrying but you know they must be sort of so sort of suppressed in her community that she's like no 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 there isn't any at all but i think that's one of the things with working in schools that it, when I used to work in schools is, is, is that kind of that heteronormative environment where people don't feel like they can, they can come out or they don't feel that, well, they're obviously they're young as well. You know, if you're in your teenage years, you're not going to, you're not going to want to, you know, put yourself out there. Well, I certainly didn't. Um, but I've worked in faith schools and I've also worked in non-denominational schools. And I have to say of the two, the faith school was probably, the better one to work in. Um, so when I worked in a non-denominational school, I had a head teacher, because the head teachers can, can put any sort of policy they want, they can kind of push that through. And we had some assemblies with, with some, I mean, I guess they were religious people, I don't know, but saying some awful things, just standing up and teaching like, you know, you know, with, with, with a slide presentation of a, of a husband and wife and everything else is sin and everything else is going to hell and all this kind of thing. And you're thinking, oh, oh my you know. gosh. Yeah, just, just, that's not even that long ago. That's going back, I don't know, 10, 10 or so years. Well, that is the one thing, because I don't think you could get away with that today. I don't think you can, no. Certainly not in this country, I don't think you can. Um, and I also had somebody that wanted, this was in the non-denominational school, this was years ago, who wanted to be my friend. <clears throat> and so she kept um, saying, oh, we'll go for coffee, we'll go here and come around to my house and all the rest of it. And I was talking about, I was talking about my relationship at the time. And she just stopped me and she said, you know, I don't agree with your lifestyle, don't you? <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, no, I didn't, I, I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, she says, so she goes, but I think, you know, we'll find you a nice man. <laughs> she said that she wanted to um, help me to find Jesus. And then I thought, oh, just, you know, I, but she was, I thought we were friends. I thought we were getting on. And it was actually kind of like she was trying to, 
her, her mission was to yeah to save trying me. to save me I guess so I mean yeah so but that but was I, I think what you said in the very beginning is so poignant like your future was blank and actually mm-hmm. if you look at the statistics and this is what I found really interesting sort of in preparing for this you know the statistics um for people from the LGBTQ plus community you know the the the, the lower paying jobs they're you know, the career trajectory is not as uh, promising. Like there's a whole bunch of things that, um, you know, you could say the same of uh, someone from, uh, you know, an ethnically diverse background as well from, you know, and and also gender inequality, right? Just the fact that you're born female, you're going to make less than you would if you were born male. And so yeah. I think, you know, these divergent traits that make us unique, uh, being a, you know, female or a female of color or a female from a uh, different sexual orientation, you know, or just someone from a different sexual orientation, right? So not everyone considers themselves female. So yeah, there is, um, up until now, there's been a big uh, disparity between these um groups of people and uh you stack things on and it gets worse right you know and I think that was the other point it's like you know okay let's 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 try being a woman let's try being you know a a black lesbian you know like once you start adding things on it suddenly becomes uh even harder and harder for people to move forwards how do people um face that and what do they do what's your What's your piece of advice? Because I want people uh, to ha- to look at their future and see a bright, beautiful future. And, mm. you know, no mm. matter what their race or their sexual orientation or their gender is. And so, you know, and I know you well enough to know that you don't have a blank canvas anymore. You know, you've got a, you've got a future and it's bright and you, you know, you're, you're forging forward with it and you're doing all sorts of incredible creative endeavors. But how do you, how do you help someone to, realize that that future is there and that they have it and they should take it I think it's much much easier to see a bright future now um and if you are watching this and you you don't feel like you see a bright future I'm sure we can we can put some relevant links to places where you can go for people to help you because there there is a lot of help out there if, if you are struggling but I think the way in which um allies should we say can help us is like I said before, is not to give hate speech a voice, you know, and shut that down. I also think if people don't don't believe in this, is, I don't know who said it, but if you don't believe in gay marriage, then don't have one, <laughs> you know? So just live and let live and let people be. Um, and I think I read a quote recently that said, you don't have to agree on anything to be kind. Mm. And I think that is a good, that's a good point you just don't you don't have to you can try and see things from people's point of view and I think that's really important but you don't have to you don't have to agree getting to know people isn't that the best thing I think I think some people might be watching this some people might even be watching this and thinking oh I'm not really sure about this LGBT stuff and then they might see me and go oh well, Lisa seems all right do you know what I mean or they might get they might you know you meet somebody and you go oh well they seem okay and you listen to their point of view and and you get to know them as a person and I think that's that's sometimes the best way you know people will people will get to know you and if you're you're good in your in your heart then you know you've got nothing to worry about and you know life will life will life will get better 
Mm, I love that. Well, you know, and I think that's the other thing is very often we can't change the people around us, but we can change the way we respond to the people around us. And mm-hmm. uh, instead of reacting, we respond. We talk about that a lot in the Dream Builder program. Um, and just recognizing that, you know, and this, I think this is really important because one of the things that we talk about in the Dream Builder program is rewriting an old story, right? And very often the stories that we've written were written by other people. And, you know, like you said, you go to the assembly and you hear this story and then you mm. think that's, you know, you'd like Brene Brown would say, you take on shame and you live with that shame and that shame affects the rest of your life. And actually that's, that's the story up until now. And you mm-hmm. write a new story and you say, no, I have nothing to be ashamed of. I'm proud of who I am and this is who I am and I'm not going to change. And the, and in, in the, in the genetic makeup of who I am, but what I can change is the way that I think about myself and about the environment around me and start to believe in who I am and that's really really important to be able to embrace who you are and then to start to paint that canvas and to start to see what that life could look like and you know and then be the model be the model for people that need a model because you know I think when you were speaking about the people that you couldn't see um you know Mary Portis and Ellen DeGeneres you know they didn't yeah they didn't exist when we were, you know, they came out later and became these prominent figures. But even in both of those cases, I mean, well, in Mary Portis's case, you know, she wrote a great book, Think Like a Woman. She, she was married to a man for a very long time and lived a life that she thought she needed to live for everyone else until she fell madly in love with a woman. And then her whole life changed. I think the same could be said about Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, when she came out, she was then shot down in flames. I mean, she lost all the, I think she had a sitcom and all this kind of thing. She lost, lost all of that um, because, you know, it was a, it, it wasn't really accepted in that time. So even then she was a great role model. Don't get me wrong. She was a great role model, but you know, you almost had to watch her fall and then think, Oh no. So if I do the same, I'm going to meet the same outcome. Whereas it's not, it's not like that these days. And then, well, and then she rose again, right? And then she rose again. And that's sure. the beauty of that story. And actually the book I referenced was incorrect. It was Work Like a Woman. Oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't even think that, that her second marriage worked out. But the point is, you know, yeah. she, she, um, she really, she lived one life that wasn't her true authentic self. And then she lived another life that was more her true authentic self. And I think we all are on this, journey of discovery of who is our true authentic self and how can I be my true authentic self in this world that we live in um and fortunately I think uh it is getting better but there's still a lot of work to do and I think you've given some great tips um for people who want to be allies in this space and who want to you know to just to to not let the comments sit without a without a Uh, a repercussion of some sort you know without a conversation like you said Jenny had to go to her old boss and say this isn't appropriate what you said and Mm. it's you know why did she have to do that why couldn't someone else stand up and say that and there's so many stories like that so I think reading books um, where you educate yourself having conversations with people recognizing I mean I I totally agree with you Uh, so many conversations happen around people who have the same beliefs and that the person that they're talking about is not in the room. Yeah. Right? The, 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 the gay person, the lesbian, she's not in the room yeah. and you're having this conversation, but if she was sitting right there 
looking at you or he's sitting right there looking at you you're having a, a cup of tea with them would you be able to say that to their face would you be able to you know especially would you if you knew that person heart in heart would you be able to really say what you just said right no no I mean that does happen yeah yeah, yeah. so I think you've it's been a great conversation um I appreciate you uh, you know, being brave. We talk about be brave on the podcast, be brave, Sparkle, <laughs> come on here and talk about something that's not always comfortable to talk about um, because you don't want to offend anybody, but you also no. want to educate people. And um, I've got another special guest um, that's, that's coming up on the podcast um, who's a trans woman. And I'm really looking forward to speaking to her because she's got a perspective that I think is very unique. And I think we need to share these perspectives. So I thank you very much for the time you gave me today to share your perspective. You're welcome.